Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fans, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you. AR Adam Roberts, other side of the glass. Again, thanks to Toby Altizer yesterday for filling in for me. And uh, Toby will be filling in uh, one more time on this show for me coming up on Monday. Uh, And uh, then I'll be in the rest of the week doing Sparky's Midday Madness uh, after Monday. Jacob Morley uh, will join us coming up on today's show, coming up here in about uh, 15 minutes or so. And of course, you know, Jacob Morley, he was our right-hand guy for me and Gary when we did our draft show on draft night uh, back at the end of April. Uh, and we haven't talked to Jacob Morley since then. Uh, so I want to catch up with Jacob Morley as we get closer here now to Packers training camp. What is it, the 22nd, I want to say it starts? So what is that, eight days from today? Uh, something along those lines. That That is... Something that everybody's kind of doing now. Ryan Wood, I saw he did his quarterback position preview. Rob Reichel has been doing position uh, previews as well. Uh, Schneidman of The Athletic, he's been doing his position previews. Everybody, essentially, uh, Adam Roberts, doing position previews right now leading up to training camp. It's uh, Wednesday the 27th will be the first of three open practices. So not the 22nd, so I got it wrong. Okay. Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, we're, what, 13 days away uh, from it. So that is going to be something. Uh, as we get closer to that point of uh, training camp starting. So I want to get Jacob Morley on, talk a little bit about uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, and how he views them as they sit right now. Now, that how they sit right now does not mean this is how they're going to be sitting come week one and kickoff of the NFL football season. Because as we all know, there's going to be last-second free agent signings. They have guys that are still out there. For instance, Julio Jones. He's still not signed, right? Am I missing something? Julio Jones is still a free agent. Still can be signed. Uh, Odell Beckham, he hasn't signed yet, has he? I don't believe so. So he's still out there. 
So those are two of the guys that still haven't made decisions. Now, again, if you're the Green Bay Packers and you had either one of those guys late, that's a huge shot in the arm uh, for, I would think, the locker room and for the offense if you're able to add either one of those guys. Now, I'm assuming Julio Jones is going to play this season, um, and he's got numerous teams involved, from what I can tell. Now, none of the teams may be willing to give him what he wants, and maybe that's why he's sitting out there waiting to see what happens. Uh, But I would assume he plays. Uh, Beckham's coming off injury uh, yet again, so we'll see uh, You know how long it takes before he signs with someone. Maybe it's into the season before he signs uh, and take it from there. So looking forward to talking to Jacob Morley uh, about that. I, I want to uh, start off the show just a little bit here. It's it just going to be a little me, Adam Ro- me and Adam Roberts uh, discussion here because we don't have a lot of time anyhow before we get to Jacob Morley. But I, I want to just riff back and forth here. So right now, the Open is going on at St. Andrews. Got right? it on the TV right over here. Right. And it's been on our TV the entire time while we did the big show. It's been up up on the TV screen. And I keep glancing up every once in a while to see what's going on. And you know, from time to time, you saw Tiger Woods throughout the show. You go to ESPN.com. Uh, and Tiger Woods at St. Andrews. And here's how round one is going at the open. It's a picture of Tiger Woods swinging a golf club. Do you think, guys, like, because I saw Scheffler the other day, uh, PGA golfer, uh, was kind of perturbed at the fact that nobody really um, respects just how good he is and how well he's doing this year and where he's ranked in the, uh, in the, in the tour rankings or whatever. Um, and it's kind of frustrated by that, and not everybody's not giving him the love maybe that he thinks he deserves. But then at the same point, if you're on this tour, like Roy McIlroy, and in comes walking Tiger, and now he's the headline. He's the headline of the tournament on Thursday. Now, is he going to make the cut AR? I think at last check, would you say five over, something like that? Yeah, that was around, I think the last time I saw him on the screen where they showed his score, because sometimes he would be up there and they wouldn't even show the score underneath him as the lower third. If he's doing that bad, they shouldn't show his score. What's the point of showing his score uh, if he's horrible? Because you want people to keep watching, right? That That's that's what you're hoping for. So you don't you don't want to necessarily um, turn away people and go, oh boy, he's horrible. I'm not even going to bother with this. So you don't want to necessarily put yourself um, in that position uh, to have people turn it off. But he is really, at the end of the day, the story of this whole thing as far as where he ends up. He's at plus five. Plus five, tied for 143rd through 14 holes. Right, and there's 156 people golfing um, because Justin Rose withdrew um, and some other dude who I've never heard of, Eric Van Royen or something like that, Ruin. South Africa. Uh, Sure, Uh, he's out too. Uh, So there's 156 golfers. Mark Kalkovacchia has to be 100, I would think. Uh, He's last. Uh, at plus 11. David Duvall, also old. Uh, he's back on 153rd at plus 9. Um, some of these guys, I don't know why they even bother, but they're there, I'm sure, just to play the course, and why not? Um, so they're there. Uh, but, but no one of significance, necessarily, that's still competitive is down where Tiger is at this point. This is going to sound weird, AR, but is he helping or hurting at this point? I mean, he's the only reason I have it on the screen back here. 
I keep hoping to catch so him play. So if he wasn't in it, you would have turned it off or never would have turned it on. Probably. I'm not as obsessed. And I've talked about this before. I'm not really that into watching golf on TV if there's not a reason to watch it or but if you, I need to fall asleep. Right. But you work at a golf course. You play golf. Mm-hmm. But you aren't into necessarily watching golf. Much in the same way that a lot of kids play baseball. You know, they might uh, umpire games when they're in high school, but yet watching games on national television, yes. not really their thing. The one thing that has become a thing, though, is those guys playing the show, MLB The Show. Very uh, true. Those guys that play baseball then, when they're not playing, are playing MLB The Show with their teammates or whatever the case may be. So there's that, but you're right. As far as sitting down and watching whole baseball games, that's probably not happening with, with most, most kids in high school at this point. The reason I ask if it's good or if it's bad, really, for the sport is, one— you're taking away from the guys that you're trying to grow a brand for, like a Scheffler, uh, going forward. So that's part of it as far as why maybe it's not good. And because of Live Golf um, now out there, you really are having to try to grow your own stars in the sport to kind of rival some of the established stars that they went off and signed from Live Golf. Now, the challenge for Live Golf, if they're going to stay around long term, is can they, you know, get some of these hotshot kids coming out of college to sign on with the Live Golf Tour versus the PGA Tour, right? Can they get the future Rory McIlroys and Tiger Woods, these guys that were everybody knew coming out of school that they were going to be the next it kid, can they get some of those it kids going forward? Or is their game going to be, you go develop at the PGA Tour, and then when we think you're star quality, then we're going to sign you. That might be what it is. And I compare it, to be honest with you, I compare it to wrestling. I compare it to like WWE, WCW. I've WWE, thought about that so much since all of this started. Right, WWE, AEW. Because it feels like, I mean, in a weird way, it feels like the PGA Tour is the, the WWE and Live Tour is AEW, where they're going to get all the old guys to come over and play and build their brand um, and maybe do things a little bit differently, but give you a, a different way of doing things than maybe WWE um, and trying to put themselves on the map. But again, I ask, can you do this for a long period of time and stay relevant, or after a couple of years will people lose interest and go back to what they grew up with, which in this case would be the PGA Tour. And therein lies the WCW reference, because if you recall, the whole thing with them bringing over people like Hogan and Scott Howell, Kevin Nash was money, money, money. And once that money ran out and they realized, oh, we blew all our money on roster contracts, right. we don't have anything to actually spend on building our brand or doing anything else other than, ooh, look at big name A, big name B. Are they doing anything? Yeah, but then the Not WWE really. bought them out. Yep, and then it was by 2001, didn't even exist. It was all done. And WCW, again, if you're a wrestling fan, had a great product back in the day. A great product. But it was the same thing as AEW. Buying up all these old guys, putting them over, creating NWO and doing all of that stuff, uh, and then trying to put it over the top, and it didn't work. Now, there's significantly more money, I think, behind this AEW adventure than maybe there was WCW. Oh, just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Khan has a ton of money. But having said all of that, I think that if I'm the PGA Tour, yes, I'm all about Tiger Woods. And yes, I want Tiger to be a part of the PGA and be an ambassador for the PGA and promote the tour um, and all of that. So, okay, I'm down with that. But at the same time, if I'm going to grow my brand and I'm going to grow these younger guys 
Um, and I don't even know how old Scheffler is, but some of these guys that are on the scene right now, if I'm going to continue to do that and promote that, him being there takes away from everybody. Now, in this case, with Tiger not being there on Saturday because he's not going to make the cut, uh, this now will put them back center front again. But the double-edged sword in all of this is if Tiger Woods was actually in it on Sunday, your range would probably be double or triple of what it'll be on Sunday with anybody else in the field in competition on Sunday. I honestly kind of feel bad for Toby because uh, yesterday, I, th- I think it was yesterday, he played a bunch of clips from Tiger on his presser when he was getting ready to you know, get out there, play the practice round, and then come out today. And there were so many, so many references he made to, it's my favorite course, I'm hyped to play. And Toby was buying into it. He was so excited. And now to see a guy at plus five, interestingly, DeChambeau, tied for 14th right now finished the day three under oh three under mm-hmm oh well that's good with cameron young in leading at minus eight rory minus six right but use rory mcelroy as an example you well you may not when rory mcelroy was young 18, 19, 20. Dude, he was going to be the guy that was going to take out I Tiger. I remember. He was going to be the guy that was going to challenge Tiger, and this rivalry was going to go on forever. Never played out. Never played out. Is he really good? Yes. Is he Tiger in Tiger's prime? Absolutely not. And that's kind of what they're missing right now is they don't have a dominant figure. They don't have a personality like Trevino or Gigi Rodriguez, I'm using all old guys, like we talked about the other day, uh, as far as, you know, these big personalities that you need to kind of set yourself aside. The rivalry with Live Golf could be huge for the PGA Tour. Could be huge. But the only way it works is if you do joint deals. You do joint tournaments. It's us versus you. The guys that were here and the bad guys. That's the only way it works. And if they're not going to do that and they're going to try and ride this out, I think it's going to be very, very difficult uh, unless something dramatically changes. And that's, again, going back to Tiger Woods. Like, I, for two days now, this is going to be all about Tiger. Or at least it is today. And now tomorrow, regardless of how bad Tiger Woods is, Adam, he will be the one on camera a majority of the time tomorrow on TV. I would think so. And the irony of it is I looked up again at the TV while we were talking about this because he is still out on the course. And USA Network switched their coverage over to the Tour de France. Wow. Which yeah. I did not know was actually happening, but it is mid-July, so I and guess I, that makes sense. I have no interest in watching that either. Me neither. Uh, all right, coming up next, Jacob Morley, our guy, who is our draft expert uh, on our draft show, uh, NFL draft show with Gary Ellerson and myself. We'll get his thoughts on where this Packer roster stands, how uh, not only uh, from a position-by-position group, uh, strengths, weaknesses, and so forth, and then how he thinks it stacks up against the rest of the NFC. We'll do that coming up next. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. You got to hang out with the Admirals and see their shows out at Summerfest. Now get ready for Wisconsin State Fair. They'll be in the Expo building like always. You can go visit them there, take some shots on goal uh, at the Wisconsin State Fair. Check out more details, milwaukeeadmirals.com. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, friend of the show, draft expert that we used uh, during our draft show last year with Gary Ellerson and myself. He is Jacob Morley. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley, of course, with Packer Report as well. Jacob, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. 
Yeah, yeah, good, man. Good to, good to see you again, man. Good to talk to you again. It's been a minute. The draft feels like it was years ago at this point. I'm ready for some training camp, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm ready. I'm ready to get football started too. And I think I'm I'm more excited this year than I've been in a long, long time. Normally at about this time, you know, I'm fully submersed in NBA Summer League, which I have been watching the Bucs and other teams. Uh, but it's not the same. I mean, the Bucs literally have one guy that I care about, Marjan Bochamp, uh, and Vildoza, Luca, but I don't think he's going to end up being on the team now after all. But either way, so that, that's kind of what I'm watching uh, that for. Uh, the Brewers are in all kinds of a funk right now, so th- that doesn't get me all that excited either. Uh, but this this training camp here, man. I mean, when I hear Aaron Rodgers start talking about, hey, man, his defensive ours is going to be good. It, it could be a long training camp for this Packers offense trying to deal with this Packers defense. You know, that's what gets me excited. Maybe I'm, maybe that's weird or whatever, but to see how quickly Rodgers can get on the same page with these rookie wide receivers and with Sammy Watkins, to me, that is the story of this training camp. Oh, yeah, it has to be, and I think – what Rogers said too about kind of taking a deep breath and just knowing like, Hey, there's a defense is probably going to keep us in check, you know, through most of the training camp. I think he's right about that. And I think that's, I think that's really exciting. And you talk, you touched briefly on, on the defense as well. Man, I'm excited to see these guys, what, what they're all about. Cause Hey, Jill Barry, no more excuses, man. You know what I mean? Like you, sure. you got the dogs. They're ready to. They are. They're deep. They're ready to roll. Um, we actually just did at, at the Pack a Day podcast. We did a an all NFC North offense and defense, and trying to look at that as unbiased as you can. And, and uh, if you're listening, I mean, go go through it in your head and think about okay, who's the best interior defensive lineman in the NFC North? Kenny Clark. Who's the best edge rusher in the NFC North? for Sean Gary who's the best cornerback in the NFC North it's Jair Alexander I mean that you look at just the NFC North in general that all you know that all quotations uh defensive team it's a ton of Packers I mean I think a lot of people are excited about that as well it's just what's this actually going to look like when these guys get out here and go because we're not used to this we're not used to this much talent on defense not since 2010, you know, when they won the whole dang thing, right. they, they had talent everywhere. And you kind of, and going back to the receivers and Rodgers, you kind of just expect the offense to figure it out. And maybe the offense is not going to be a prolific top three offense in the NFL this year, but when you have the back-to-back MVP at quarterback, you have an offensive line that is seemingly getting deeper and deeper every year, you know, Hopefully those two guys can get back and playing back to their normal selves. Um, but you expect the offense just to, to be really solid, good enough, especially if that defense can take off um, and, and play the way that we expect them to at this point. So I think, man, just looking at going into this training camp, you're right. It is, there seems to be a different feel in the air with this team kind of how they left off last year going into this year, just they're healthy again, or at least most of the guys are healthy again, which I'm sure 69 will be a big topic of discussion as well. But uh, it's, it is, there is something in the air. Absolutely. And I, I think it's a little bit more than just us being excited about training camp. I think this team 
is is loaded all over the place. We've got some unanswered questions that we're looking forward to getting the answer to. But man, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Sparky. I am. I am excited to see you know what this team is going to take, how this team is going to take shape, and kind of what what team ultimately we're going to be following for the next 20, 25 weeks. You know, this is the thing for me. So you add Quay Walker, you add Wyatt. I think Walker is more of a more of a, a conversation piece than Wyatt as far as what does he now allow them to do on defense that they weren't able to do previous because of how long and athletic he really is, being able to play inside and outside. Yeah, and that is, you know, and I think if you'd ask Joe Barry, you know, we already brought him up about how, how you know how high can you take this defense? And I think, you know, and this is completely speculation, but I really think what Joe Barry said to Goody and LaFleur was, I need I need Quay Walker. I need a piece like this. I'm sick of playing these, you know, I'm sick of playing Kevin King as our dime linebacker. Like I want a guy that is a chess piece that I can I can use like that and that is gonna be that is gonna be the key, the piece, whatever you want to say, that's gonna unlock the, the scheme and how I want this and how I want this thing to go. So, you know, Quay Walker is, uh, that's a lot to put on a rookie and, but you know, he's playing next to an all pro and he's, he's got talent all around him. And if they can find a role for him, man, that guy is, yeah, he, he's a special athlete. Uh, he could be a lot of fun early in his career. When we talk about uh, the offensive line, you brought up Bakhtiari, who you know just got his degree at Colorado. Again, congratulations to him. But uh, if he isn't right and if he can't play, any concern about Yash being the left tackle? I mean, I'm not saying Yash is a pro bowler and all pro, but I think he's good enough where I think you can get by fine with him at left tackle uh, going forward and not lose necessarily a ton. Yeah, and I think it's kind of the same conversation that we just had with Quay. You know, it's like if 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 Nijman is your left tackle, how much do you have to scale back? And maybe maybe it's nothing. Maybe he I don't think so. Yeah, get better. I mean, he's he's gotten better every year. So maybe he just continues to develop. I don't know. So like the Packers' offensive line, it, they, it's embarrassing. It really is. It's embarrassing how deep they are. Uh, I mean, they they. Josh was what their third left tackle or whatever. I mean, because they had Elton there, Bakhtiari there, and they find out, wow, we have two really good left tackles on this team already. One of them was a guard, you know, and now we got to go deep into the well and play this Josh Neisman guy who all of us wanted cut after training camp because he just didn't have a very good preseason. And then he goes out there and just is solid, just a solid football player. He's going to have a long, long career in the NFL. Um, so I think. To answer your question, I mean, are they better with David Bakhtiari at left tackle? Absolutely, but yeah, Yash can hold it down, um, and I, you know, and he will, I'm sure, at some point this year um, for them because we still don't know. Am I right about we still don't know about Bakhtiari? We still don't know about Jenkins either. So you know, there is a probably very high chance that he's going to be starting at right or left tackle um, for a good chunk of this All season, right. and. I've, no, I've, I'm not too concerned. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a tough question for you. I think it's a tough question. Who does this team need okay. back uh, to be healthy more this year? Bakhtiari, Jenkins, or Tunyon? 
Oh, that is uh, that, that's a for I me. Mean, it's Tanya. It's Tanya for me. Yeah, is it okay? Well, so I'll, I'll I want to hear. Okay, so I think is the the way I would rationalize that is Bakhtiari is a three time All Pro. Sure. You know, like that's he's when the healthy best player probably of those three when yep. healthy. I would say Elton Jenkins though is, is right up there with him. He's really dang good. Um, and then so Tunyon, what? So tell me why why Tunyon? What's your rationale for that? Because you don't have Devontae Adams, and, and I think when you look at if you go back and watch the, those old Titan games, Delaney Walker was that kind of guy that they like to utilize and use within that offense. Marcus Mariota was the quarterback. Now, that offense stunk. Don't get me wrong. I understand how bad that offense was. But regardless of that, that that tight end position is null and void, unless you're a big DeGuara fan. It's really null and void at this point from somebody that can uh, do something uh, from that position as far as run blocking and pass catching. Uh, Robert Tunyon uh, was great in the red zone when he was last healthy for a full season uh, and can provide that aspect of it as well. I just think Yash is more than good enough to play left tackle uh, if that's what needs to happen for the rest of the year. They've got nothing but guards all over the spot, uh, all over the place between this year's draft, plus you had Newman last year. You still have Runyon. Uh, you've got plenty of interior depth on the offensive line to play there in place of Jenkins. You get your center back uh, this year. I guess I'm just not as concerned uh, about the offensive line because there's more than enough talent there, I think, to replace those two guys if need be for a year. Tight end, on the other hand, like I said, because they didn't draft anybody and decided that they were good with Tyler Davis and Mercedes Lewis and DeGuara in place of Tunyon, that position, I think, could really impact how good this offense can be if you had a difference maker at that position. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, uh, and I agree. I think the offensive line is probably going to be good enough um, but I think with with Jenkins or Bakhtiari, it could be great. Um, I don't know if I don't know if Tunyon is great. You know, I, I think he's very good, and I get what you're saying. Um, and what is what's interesting to me is if you remember back to last year um, with Tunyon, Matt Lafleur made a comment to him. You know, kind of recruiting him to come back last year. Because um, I believe he was a restricted free agent in the last, the last two years or something like that. But basically saying, you know, I want you to come back because I want to feature you in this offense. Yep. And I want to know what that looks like, you know, with him. What does that look like for him to be a, a featured weapon? And I don't know if it's – I don't know if this offense is going to look like that this year anyways. I think the I think the full – you know, the full unpacked Matt LaFleur offense is – it's it's week to week, and I think we saw that we saw pieces of that when Devontae would go down, um, like the Aaron Jones Dallas game. There was no Devontae Adams. The Alan Lazard New Orleans game, no Devontae Adams. You know, so it's it's kind of they piece it together, and it's a week to week thing. So I don't know even without Devontae if it's going to even look that way. Anyways, you know, it, it, Tunyon might be the guy in week six and week fifteen. You know, that gets all the looks. Um, and it might be someone else in a different week. I think they're going to attack matchups more than anything. So I think, and that's why I would still say Bakhtiari, because I think to have a lockdown left tackle in the NFL, in the National Football League, is probably the most important thing to have on offense besides a stud quarterback. So that's why I'd still take him. Um, but I get what you're saying. I get you saying, and I could get on board with that for sure. I'm just my my fear in all of this, and thank God it's not Jordan Love. My fear in all of this just is until 
Rodgers can prove that he can get on the same page with somebody early on, uh, and if they are truly going to run the ball as much as everybody thinks they're going to run the ball, they're just going to rock eyes up until Rodgers can get on the same page and somebody becomes a threat, I think. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I- I've said before, I think he's going to have a career-high interceptions this year. I do. I-, I-, I think he'll definitely have, I think, 10, ten or more interceptions this year, and it's probably not going to be any of his fault. It's just going to be guys running the wrong way and him anticipating one thing and them doing another, um, and it could be kind of a struggle this year for Rodgers. And Another reason why I look at Tunyon and go, they know each other. Yes, he's got Cobb, and uh, and that's fine, but Tom, Cobb is not going to be a difference maker necessarily. Uh, Lazard, I don't know if you can really count on Lazard being a huge difference maker, but he's probably more reliable than what you have with Sammy Watkins and the, uh, the rest of these young uh, rookie wide receivers, but not a dynamic playmaker by any stretch, I don't think. Uh, not that Tunyon is, but it would at least give you a third guy uh, that would be with you there in the red zone and can maybe help stretch the middle of the field a little bit. Yeah, and here's a question, and this is – I have not chewed on this very long, so I'm just going to ask it to you as – so, okay, let's say Rodgers throws 12 interceptions this year. Yep. Is that is that – with the group that he has right now, is that the worst thing in the world? Would you no. rather have that, or would you rather have the Aaron Rodgers that leads the NFL in throwaways? No, I no, because like rather, I said, I don't think it's going to be th- – th- let me clarify. I don't think it's going to be him forcing a ball – to somebody that's covered, and that's why he throws 12 or 13 interceptions versus, you know, throwing it away. Oh, nobody's open. I'm going to throw it away. I think it's simply going to be, you know, it's going to be read and react or whatever. Watson's going to go one way. Rogers is going to go throw the ball the other way, and it's going to go bouncing to the sidelines because there's going to be nobody over there or somebody's going to pick it off knowing which way the receiver is supposed to go maybe on that route from a defensive standpoint, and he ends up with it. I don't think that he'll throw into double coverage like he did with, with Devontae Adams to anybody. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I I really don't think he's going to force the ball to anybody on this team because I don't think he trusts anybody on this team to go fight through a double team to get the ball. Sure, yeah, and I think that's going to be what's really fascinating to watch is the development of Aaron Rodgers this year because for the first time, really, in his career, right? I'm trying to I'm kind of going back through my head and trying to think when is the last time that he's just had. I mean, I don't want to say Jordy no Nelson one because this I think they're, when Jordy Nelson right, got right, hurt, I mean, that was the last time. But then, but then James. But that's the hoodie season, right? When right. James Jones came flying in on his hoodie, and I think he led the league led the league in touchdown catches that career year. You know? year. So like that was his guy that that year, um, and it's just it's it's wild. And I think it's going to be cool to see what does develop and what does happen because you know I'm going through and looking back. You know, 20 years ago, Sparky, you remember you remember when they traded for Terry Glenn, right? They oh, yeah. completely overhauled their wide receiver group. You know, that was after the Bill Schrader years and all that. They bring in Terry Glenn. They draft Javon Walker high. You know, so similar to what they're doing in 2022, right? They're overhauling this wide receiver group. They trade away Devontae, who was everything to that wide receiver group. They draft a wide receiver high. They didn't really make the Terry Glenn trade. If you want to say Sammy Watkins is that guy, whatever. But the point being... Who went? What? What? Do you remember what wide receiver went to the Pro Bowl that year in 2002? No idea. For the Packers. Yeah, no Donald idea. Donald Driver, right? Okay. Came out of nowhere. Seventh round pick. It was Donald Driver's fourth year in the NFL. You know, seventh round pick out of Alcorn State. Comes out of nowhere and has a Pro Bowl season at the wide receiver position. Now, I don't know if Rodgers is going to be a guy like that, but that's just kind of to say we don't know who is on this team that's going to have these opportunities and someone. 
someone that has always always intrigued me a lot is Juwan Winfrey. I'm not saying yeah. Juwan, Juwan, he might not even make. Now nah, you're talking you know my. I mean? Now nah, you're well, talking my language. Did you see the piece that Ty Dunn did with him? Uh, he tweeted out a video of Jawan Winfrey. It's like two minutes long. I think it was earlier today, maybe. Go check it out. It's Winfrey uh, talking about how good he thinks he's going to be and so forth. It's pretty good stuff from Jawan Winfrey. I love Jawan well, Winfrey last year going into training camp. Yeah, and that's you know even the stuff you're reading about him this year. You don't tell don't tell him he's on the roster bubble because he's the guy that's saying, "Hey, I want to be the first receiver to take this rep. Yeah. I want to be first in line because I know what I'm doing here." You know, and, and even in the, I think it was the Arizona game last year when he got to play because everyone was hurt or had COVID or whatever, he, you know, he, he moves different. Like, there's something about him that that is intriguing to me. And, that, you know, that is all to say he maybe won't even make the team. I have no idea, Sparky. But there is something about him that does kind of remind me of the Donald Driver back in 2002 where he's been in the league for a little bit, kind of always been an intriguing type guy, and then he got his opportunity – and he made the Pro Bowl. You know what I mean? So he and then and then he turned into what? The Packers all time leading receiver. I am not saying Jawan Winfrey is going to be any of that. But it is I mean, the NFL is such a weird league because everybody's talented. And sometimes it really is can you get on the same page with your quarterback and can you have that opportunity? And Jawan Winfrey's got a huge opportunity in front of him. And as you already mentioned, if you go read the tie down piece. He is not lacking in confidence no, whatsoever. No, not at all. Um, yeah, so, you're right. Um, so he's someone that is going that is going to be interesting, and uh, and someone that's played with Rodgers. You know, this is his third year there um, in Green Bay, so Rodgers might lean on him a little bit, even though he's kind of an under the radar type guy. He's someone that he's probably comfortable with, that he's been around, um, that maybe he takes off this year and surprises some people. Um, you never know, and that's. And isn't that what is so intriguing about training camp anyways? You know, you, all these stories, you know, and you're waiting for that guy that is, has been a, you know, a nobody, essentially, that comes in and, you know, takes the bull by the horns, and all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got a legit player on your hands. Like, that. that's what's fun to me. Those are the stories that I love to read. So it, it is going to – and the Packers have those guys – all over the place on offense this year. They have a bunch of unproven guys that are just, you know, limitless with talent that we'll see who rises to the top. He is Jacob Morley. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley Packer Report. Read all this fine stuff there as well. Jacob, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Sparky. Have a good one. You betcha. You too. There he is, Jacob Morley, Great Midwest Bank. Hotline of applying for home renovation loan. As you feeling anxious, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Got some news coming out of the NBA. We'll tell you what that is, and it's pretty big. Coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hockey app. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals on 1250 AM. The fans, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Toby Altizer is here with the Fan Afternoon Show coming up here in about 20 minutes at 3 o'clock. He's already hanging out in studio, uh, awaiting his turn behind the microphone. Uh, if you missed what we had on the Wendy's Big Show earlier today, Tim Allen from the G. Weiner Plumbing Baseball postgame show in the first hour. Joe Shasky from the Morning Roast, 95-7 The Game, talking Brewers-Giants. Uh, and he was all kinds of fired up, like always. Uh, and then we had Scott Wells on, former Packers center. He was really good. He got into talking about... As we asked him about the amateur draft coming up this weekend for baseball, so I asked him like kind of his draft story, getting drafted in the seventh round, what that was all about, and he got really into how heated and hot he was at his agent uh, back in the day uh, talking about uh, that. Uh, okay, so some NBA news, and I guess it's kind of breaking. It's a little bit old. It's like a eh, half hour old, but I'll read the, the breaking news thing anyhow. Breaking news on the big show, uh, on the fan, I should say, is brought to you by the Beat the Streak podcast, getting an inside edge on how to win the $5.6 million prize every day this baseball season. Listen on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcast. Adrian Wojnarowski, our restricted free agent center, DeAndre Aiden, has agreed to a four-year, $133 million maximum offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers, according to his agents, the Phoenix Suns have 48 hours to match the largest offer sheet in NBA history. And on top of that, I was reading a tweet by our own Evan Heffelfinger, who retweeted that Woj tweet about a half hour ago and made a very interesting suggestion. He says the Bucks should be doing everything they can to add Miles Turner Perfect Brook replacement and defensive anchor for this team, he says. He's going to go back to Phoenix. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't. This is not going to be a straight up, he's not going to leave. If I'm wrong, then so be it, I'll be wrong. But I will be absolutely shocked if this is not a sign and trade deal. This is definitely going to, I would have to imagine uh, this is going to be um, some type of deal where, um, this deal gets done. Well, I guess it's not technically a sign of trade because he signed with the Pacers. But there's going to be something done here where either they match uh, and they do something. I can't imagine that he just necessarily walks away. I haven't read the uh, story. But if he walks away and they get nothing, um, sign and trade deals are no longer allowed once Aiden signs the offer sheet with Indiana. So if the Suns do match the offer sheet, this has come from Wojnarowski, they can't trade Aiden anywhere until at least January 15th, which means they are then stuck with him and can't trade him to Indiana for a year. Aiden will also have veto power on any trade. Well, that takes care of that then. So I was wrong. Hmm. Good God. So he is going to walk for nothing. Or they match the offer sheet and they have them until midseason. At a pretty hefty price tag. 
Boy, they screwed this one up, didn't they? Trouble in the desert, man. They screwed this one up. Yeah. I mean, so again, you're right. As far as uh, Miles Turner and what they're going to do there, what does his contract look like, by the way? I can't say I know his contract off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he's making good money, though. Uh, let me see uh, what his contract looks like. I got it right here. Uh, let's He's an unrestricted free agent after this season. Yes. So you're essentially Be- renting him. You're in the same position as you are with Brooke Lopez. So, why, I mean, if you're going to do that, then you better sign him to an extension upon getting him. That, that's my only thing. If you're going to go make this deal, then you better be ready to give him an extension. He's already at $17.5 million. I don't know if I want to do that. He's younger than Brooke, obviously. Maybe he's 26 this year. Um, I don't know if I want to do that or not. Are you are you down for trading for Miles Turner? And then what are you giving up to get Miles Turner? That's you don't the big have question. assets. That's the that's the you million got dollar no question. picks. Anyone per se? that you could have sent over, you've already locked down. Right. Like off the top of my head, you know, when you start talking about Miles Turner and, and where he fits, it's going to have to be somewhere. Um, I would think uh, that needs that shot blocking type center that can come in uh, and play. Uh, who is that? I don't know. You have to sit back and think a little bit. But you can't imagine Miles Turner and DeAndre Aiden are going to play side by side going forward uh, in Phoenix. Now, Utah, they traded Rudy Gobert, obviously. Um, I'm just wondering what that looks like. Like, does Utah say, okay, look, we'll take back. Oh, wait a second. Could Indiana make a move for Donovan Mitchell now? Because you get De- you you get Aiden, could they now go get Donovan Mitchell by using Miles Turner and a couple other pieces on that roster to get that deal done? Feels like with that would some be a picks? bit of an upgrade. And then all of a sudden you have Donovan Mitchell and DeAndre Aiden on the same team in Indiana. Doesn't that make Indiana a threat at that point of some sort? I have to say maybe just a little bit. Um, hold on, I'm piecing this together right now. See, this is what happens when you do live radio. Uh, you start trying to figure out how this all works. I think that would make Indiana legit if they were really good. Because again, they lost Brogdon, remember? So that's 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 one of their pieces uh, gone uh, at this point. So let's see. So they got T.J. McConnell. They got Tyrese Halliburton still. Buddy Heald. Eh. Uh, Miles Turner. Uh, they just drafted drafted that Benedict uh, Matherin or whatever his name is. He's been playing really well in summer league. Watching him play. Um, so that's a guy that's slated behind Halliburton at this point. But Halliburton also could be your point guard, and you could play Benedict Matherin next to him. So you could have Halliburton and Matherin in the backcourt if that's what you want to do. Does Halliburton get traded again to get Donovan Mitchell? So does it become Halliburton and Miles Turner, essentially, and maybe it's those two and picks or something like that to go get a... Donovan Mitchell to go with DeAndre Aiden? Huh. I'm going to ask uh, our guy, Toby Altizer, up next, whether or not he would make that move if he were the Indiana Pacers. We'll do that straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Steve Sparky Fiverr with you. Toby Altizer here now as well as we broadcast live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. I want to correct you on something. I was listening driving in. All right. 
Tiger Woods playing in the Open Championship is good for golf. Mm. It's good when he plays. Uh, listen, I, I've always said that. I've always been with you on that. Uh, this live golf thing and how bad he's playing right now, I, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. You're and, taking away from the guys you're trying to promote and develop against the guys that are established that they got. Like, if this was just the PGA Tour and there was no competition, okay, fine, I'm with you. Get some more eyeballs. But now you're taking away from the guys. Like, Scheffler came out and he was all frustrated that he's not being oh, respected. Yeah. And I get down with it. Like, I totally understand that. Um, and this type of stuff here, having him there, is not helping that at all. No, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but... People are going to turn on the television that wouldn't usually turn on the television to watch golf. It's the only reason we had it on in the studio. They're going to check on Tiger, and then they're going to find out about some of these other guys. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. All right, so before you came in, uh, DeAndre Aiden signs a uh, uh, qualifying sheet or offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. So then we read their Wojnarowski article. So there's no sign of trades. Phoenix is stuck. So it's either mm-hmm. match or just let him go. Okay. So let's say they let him go. He goes to the Indiana Pacers on this deal. So then Evan Heffelfinger, as AR brought up, says, well, Miles Turner's got to go somewhere. And then I started, you were over there listening to me. You started in my brain trying to figure out, okay, where does he go? <laughs> so in the break, I went on spot track and came up with a trade that works. All right. Okay? Uh, as far as salary cap numbers and all this other nonsense that happens. Donovan Mitchell to the Pacers, which would give them Mitchell, Matherin, and DeAndre Aiden, mm-hmm. plus they'd still have Buddy Heald. They'd still have Daniel Theus on that team. Jalen Smith, obviously, another draft pick. He's still on that team. So essentially, Jalen Smith would be probably the starting power forward next to DeAndre Aiden. Well, they get their the, star guard and big. Correct. I mean, you know, the rest of the guys right. are just going to be so now, players. Going back the other way to Utah would be Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton, and Chris, Duar- Chris Duarte. I'd need some picks in there Tur- fine. if I'm Utah. Okay, I can't do picks on yeah, here, I don't yeah, yeah. think. I'd need some picks in there if I'm Utah. But Halliburton being coming back, I think that would and be And Turner's on the last year of his deal, so you don't have to keep him. Yeah, You could trade him at the deadline to get more picks if you want at the deadline to clear that out. Um, Halliburton's the piece, though, right? Yeah, 100%. That's the guy that you use you get to go guy. along with a couple of young guys. Now you draft a couple absolutely. young guys and you go. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, that's enticing. I don't know that I'd 100% be sold on it. I'd, I still want to see what other kind of offers I'd get for Donovan Mitchell because I don't think Donovan Mitchell necessarily gets the respect that he deserves at times. I think he's a lot better than people recognize. I mean, look at this Utah roster. Holy crap, are they old. Mike Conley, mm-hmm. Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson's been in the league for a while. Patrick yeah. Beverly's an old guy. They, Rudy Gay's an old guy. They I need mean, some my y- God. They need some young guys. If you could bring in Halliburton... And, you know, they got all those picks for the Gobert trade. And you got Malik Beasley in that deal. So if you can bring in some more picks or bring in some more youth and then maybe start moving some of these older guys, uh, Clarkson's a nice piece that at some point you can maybe move for something. But that contract is big. Indiana Indiana becomes legit if they get Mitchell and Aiden. Oh, yeah, that'd be a fun team. It'd be fun to have Donovan Mitchell with a big that can actually score the basketball and doesn't just stand there and block shots. And Matherin looks legit. Mm Mm-hmm as far as what we've seen in Summer League so far. Now, nobody's playing at the level of Keegan Murray necessarily for Sacramento, but Matherin's playing really well. So, I don't know, man. If I'm a Pacer fan, that's what I'm trying to get done. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, it's enticing for sure. You can get Halliburton in Utah, and you can start rebuilding there, but you can get Donovan Mitchell, a guy that he's not old, so you can keep him 
around for six, seven, eight years, right. if not if not more. And you can keep him as the franchise piece, him and Aiton, so you can have them for quite a while together. And I think it would be fun to see Donovan Mitchell with a guy that can score the basketball as opposed to someone that's Gold just... Air. Yeah. blocking shots. I think Gobert is incredibly overrated. I'm not going to definitely get out and run with Aiden more than you can Gobert. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Throwing up some lobs, Matherin getting in play. Matherin's an exciting player, whether it be shooting or going to the rim. Uh, okay. So enough of that talk about Indiana and Utah. What do you got coming up on the fan afternoon show? Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about the athletics tier rankings. Have you seen any of this? The NBA player tier rankings? I do not. Yeah. So he, Seth Partnow has been putting that out and I tried to get him tomorrow, but he's busy tomorrow, so we'll have him on today. He hasn't released his Tier 1 guys yet, but I think we can assume Giannis is Tier 1A. Remember, he worked for the Bucks. Yeah, he's going to be Tier 1A. So we're going to talk about where some of the guys for the Bucks, because there's only, I think it's 125 people, and there's only four Bucks on it. So that's I, I what think there that's should a, be. I think there's that's only about four right. guys that should yeah, be on that I, list, I think that's right? about right. So Giannis, we'll, we'll talk Holiday, a little bit Middleton. about that. Brooke Lopez? Yeah, Brooke Lopez. He's the fourth guy? Mm -hmm. So we'll talk a little bit about that with him as well as get some of his thoughts and maybe ask him about some of these things with the Jazz and DeAndre Ayton and if they could bring someone in uh, to Indiana to help out with Ayton. I I think that's interesting. So we'll talk with him coming up at 315. Knicks fans would be pissed. And we'll we'll continue talking NBA trades. Sam and I will go through some of the different things there. Scott Grodsky will join the show coming up at 4 o'clock. He'll do some draft mockery with us there. And we'll talk a little bit about some unique batting stances. So I'm assuming we're probably going to take Craig Council off the table because that's the easy one. That's the pander pick. But obviously Craig Council being one of those guys. Also stealing the thing we talked about just briefly in a break yesterday. The ESPN rankings for these different position groups have come out. And Devontae's at number one. We're going to talk about that. Is he still going to be number one after next season? We had that on the rundown. We never got to it. So that's a beautiful So we'll question. talk about that and preview Brewers and Giants as well. So it should be a fun, packed show. And excited to talk with Sam and whatever you guys have to say. It is the Fan Afternoon Show coming up next with Toby Altizer. Enjoy. Have a good one. Toodles! You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 